Hello and welcome to Flourish, the centre podcast about student politics at the University of Queensland. I'm Rowan Evans. I'm Bobby Taylor. I'm Samuel Boogie. And uh, guys, uh, so voting is open, we've all voted. What are you guys going to spend your $5 voucher on? I personally am going to go straight to buy some secondhand textbooks. <laughs> Excellent choice. Uh, I spend my voucher on the same thing every year, uh, butter menthols. Ah, so I know I will eventually get sick. So like now I have so to like investment. So, yeah, yeah. So you haven't been sick yet for the past three years, or or what? Are you no. Afraid? So like, as in I know I'll be sick. So I buy like my stock up, right? Like at this point every year. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. That's uh, I was, smart. Yeah, I was saving mine up for uh, just like a meal at the refectory, and then um, somebody invited me to the red room, so I ended up going to the red room and spending yep. it instead. <laughs> yep. Um, so. Yep. Yeah. I have to clarify. I will not be spending this on secondhand textbooks, oh. just in case anyone thought I was serious. Okay. Classic. I felt the need to clarify. You'll be spending yeah. it on esports. Yes. Getting those gaming hours. Yeah. Wonderful. Yes. Esports is indeed a Fortnite place where you can spend. Yes. Uh, yeah, I ended up spending mine on half of a, an express lunch. Nice. Yeah. Uh, okay, so today's date is still the 16th of October. We recorded our Ula interview today as well. Uh, but uh, now we're talking with a counsellor on the ticket of a better experience. Her name is Gemma Benzi. She is a teaching student and one of the public faces of the truly independent independent ticket contesting the election. They're actually independent. Yes, as opposed to Abe. most of Unaffiliated. the other so-called independent yes. tickets. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, guys, have you guys had a chance to talk to an ABE counsellor yet? Yes. 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 Um, Sam and I spoke. What did, what, what did we end up speaking to Sabar about? Uh, so um, Sabar is like their second counsellor. Yeah. Mm. Um, I think I was just curious at the time because I had no idea who they were. They set up a desk mm. uh, in the union complex and were just two guys in black shirts yeah. uh, behind a desk. Yeah. Yeah. I remember what they were but saying. They was like, demand more from your student union or yeah, something. I, I it was all quite obscure. They yeah. did have a desk that said um, student politics oh. done by student politicians too much or something like this. Yeah, too much. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we just walked up to them and said, like, hi, like, who are you? What are you doing? Mm. Uh not, I think that sounded really rude as I just said it just then. Yeah. Uh, but like we were just like curiously, kind of, kind of acting as like, like, like right. yeah, like they didn't know yeah. like who we were or whatever. So yeah. it's like, hi, what is this? Like I'm just a random student. Yeah. Um, they explained to us. You mean to tell me, Googie, you were time wasting? <laughs> uh, no, I'd never do that. Uh, so uh, they were just some like yeah. No, they told us about. Like, obviously, a number of issues that had happened in the union. Mm. Uh, I think one of them was, like, about how the Clubs and Societies Committee was not strict enough. Right. Uh, they told us a number of stories that, like, I already knew. Right. Uh, but it was interesting hearing them from a different perspective. Right. Especially as they were critiquing, essentially, decisions that were uh, made, like, right before my administration, but, like, we complicitly did not correct. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what do you mean by that? Uh, so, someone got in trouble for... Uh, spending club mo- like their club's money on uh, something okay. that was not made right, right. potentially above board. All yep. they got was a ban from clubs and societies. That person, like not too many months later, had a position in the union, uh, right. essentially under like my like the the time while I was there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, cool. Uh, let's jump straight into this interview uh, with Gemma Benzi. Hello and welcome to Flourish, the Semper Floriate podcast about Queen's, uh, University of Queensland student politics. I'm joined. Uh, I'm Rowan, your host, and I'm joined by Gemma Benzi, who is a uh, academic board member elect uh, from the undergraduate pool and a uh, member of the 
uh, new ticket, a better experience uh, contesting in the council uh, uh, portion of this year's student election. Gemma, uh, how are you doing? I'm pretty good. How are you, Rowan? I'm very well, thank you, Gemma. Awesome. Um, Gemma, tell us a bit about yourself. How did you get involved in uh, student politics? Yeah, um, so I, was, I originally only wanted to get involved in the academic board. Um, I've been a student at UQ for four years now actually and I've come across many badly run courses in my career here especially um, further year courses which was a major um, like platform of my academic board campaign um, however like throughout that campaigning period and then afterwards I um, was talking to some friends who also had concerns further than academics but also with the community part of UQ and I really agreed with that and thought well you know, <laughs> um, why not just go the full mile and not only um, go for academic board, but also for the council as well to yep. represent students on the whole full board. Cool. And was there a decision to go for council or like uh, as opposed to going for the executive, for instance? Like, did you consider going for president or that kind of thing? Yes, we did consider going for um, the executive ticket. However, since we are, um, well, one, we're independent and two, we are a new party and we are very small um, the amount of positions which require um, filling to be on the exec ticket right. was a bit too much for us to apply. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Getting us to get exactly, yeah. exactly. So um, we just decided to start small. Don't want to, um, you know, put our put our whole you know foot in before we you know dip mm. our toes. So yeah, we just thought we'll go for council, see how see how it is, and maybe grow from there. Yeah. Um, so tell me about your. Uh, oh, hang on. Let me have a look. Yeah. So what are your overall aims as a party? Yep. Um. So the biggest part, like the biggest aim of what uh, Abe is about, is bringing the student voice back to UQ, um, the union. Um. We the original purpose. Well, sorry, not the original purpose, but the original like train of thought when we were starting this party was. Um, so one of our, um, so the top preference for Abe, um, Maya McGinnity, she was having troubles finding um, anything to do with uh, like services available at UQ. Um, she tried the like the union website, she found nothing on there um, in regards to like psychology services, um, like doctor service and all that kind of stuff. And it took her hours on the phone to UQ to try and coordinate between the union and also UQ for services that she needed um and she also found it um like really hard to you know um talk to people on the phone about her problems when she like when you know those services should have been um advertised Mm. and so like the the foundation of our group was to um uh i guess be more supportive towards um I guess like the student problems, like the services which UQ provide and also UQU, um, which is more easily accessible. Um, But then it just grew from there. Um, And then, you know, we, so myself and um, Sabah Elzea, who um, is second on the Abe ticket, he, um, we've both been um, in clubs and socks for the past two or three years. And we found a lot of problems with there as well, which we found that um, other parties haven't been speaking about. Um, Mm. It's not on their tickets. And, we thought that we'd be the ones to start that conversation as well. Yeah. So how does tell me how does it get from being like you and and Maya mm-hmm. uh, having you know these these particular yeah. issues to having like a full on party? Yeah. Right? Um. So this probably took a few months of just like 
having various conversations about like what we all want to change, like talking to people, what they see as lacking in their student experience as well. Um, like a really big thing that um, really influenced my passion in this as well was the lack of um, like student community at UQ. Um, like an example is um, like the union events aren't as frequent as we think they should be, especially at the small events which do foster that community mm-hmm. spirit. Um, like I know uh, UQ Life has put on like a few pretty good events, like um, the Asian Laneway the other day, the yeah. other week. That was pretty good. Like, and it, it's just like- so What was that like? Oh, what makes it a good event? Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um, so we, so like, like I was just walking there, like by myself, looking at like all the performers, like inviting people to come and perform and do like the traditional music, um, like people, um, like ch- ch- teaching people how to make lanterns and how to do calligraphy, um, and like all the food trucks um, there. And it, it's just like I just didn't feel alone. I, mm. I could sit down, I could buy something, I could buy something and sit by myself, and I could feel like I'm a part of something else. And that's what we really want the union to be about. And that's also like part of um, like th- that's also one of the things on our ticket is to like foster that like really strong community. Like we want more small events, which like draws more students into uni, maybe outside of teaching hours, like after five o'clock, just say yeah. um, on like an afternoon, like not not necessarily drinking at the Red Room, but an actual event yeah. which fosters that community. And although like clubs and socks do have that kind of stuff, but um, like advertisement to like the wider, um, like broad, like the wider community of students is yeah. not um, like the best at the moment yeah. as well. So the thing that's always got me with these, the Leisure Laneway festivals, for instance, mm. is that like they they seem to be events that happen. You can't do them that often, right? Like yeah. it seems like they'll happen like maybe once a month. Yeah, uh, something like that. UQ will put on something yeah. like that. And to me, it seems that that doesn't really foster that community. Okay, and that like. It's sort of there for an hour or three, and then yeah. like, and then it's gone. And yeah. You can't really depend on it being there the next yeah. time. Yeah. Oh no, no, definitely, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I completely agree with that. Um, like that was obviously an example of like an event yeah. which like I felt, um, like, connected to, I guess. Yeah. But um, you know, putting on those weekly like meetups, I guess, like that mm. are um fostered for the entire student like yeah. community like somewhere like on Campbell Place like I, I know they do put on um like cinemas like a cinema viewing now and then but it would be really cool if that was like a really frequent event and mm. like really highly advertised for people to just come down like meet some new friends that kind of stuff and not just come to uni just to learn but to actually be a part of something bigger yeah yeah See, I, from my perspective I think that that all these cinema things are kind of like making students a bit passive in a way what do you I mean think, so like if if you put on a cinema every week sure. it just sort of puts students in a, a mindset that they're always the audience and never the performers mm, yeah yeah okay i understand yeah so i think like uh, from my perspective i think mm. i think the world is better off if we are fostering this culture of students being on stage students yeah. being performing Definitely. students being yeah. the ones that are putting this all together Definitely. Like, it would be really cool to see um like the chanel theater yeah. like really into action putting on like performances like I, there is like a drama club at uq yeah yeah, yeah. 
Um, I like that would be really cool to see like a whole student performance with like not just members there, but like like lots of students coming together. Like, yeah. perf- like that would be really awesome. Right. I, I do know there was another event, um, like Autumn Festival, that mm. happened the other night. I think that was a few weeks ago as well. Yeah. Um, and that was near Campbell Place. Yeah. And they had um like student performers there, um, singing. Like that was really cool. We were sitting yeah. there, and everyone was like enjoying like sitting on the ground. They had like a big, um, dinner and stuff. Yeah. So kind of like what you said. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm going to move from uh, your awesome. Leisure Lima Festival directly into one of your policies. Yep. Uh, but I suspect it might not be the one you expect it to be. Uh-huh. Um, you, so one of your policies is to remove the Confucius Institute from campus. Yes. Uh, and the Confucius Institute supports like the Leisure Lima Festival. Okay. Um, so tell me about that, that policy. So that policy um, was actually, um, that was really heavily influenced by a few people that we... Um, that were interested in helping our campaign out. Mm. So um, there was a particular student who we were friends with who was really interested in coming to help us out. Um, and this was um, like obviously like a few months ago. Yeah. And um, we were like explaining everything and he was like really on board. And then I was kind of like, okay, well, you know, before you sign any of these forms to be like, you know, want to be part of our party, we um, are wanting to go against the Confucius Center. Um, and he like completely backtracked. He's like, no, I don't want part of this. I don't want any mm. of this. And after that, we kind of care, like we kind of like woke up, not like woke up, but just like t- took the issue as something. No, that doesn't sound right. We valued the issue so much more than we had before because before we hadn't had any experience with it um until we met like until our friend spoke to us about it and it was kind of just like well the purpose of the union right is to advocate for a group right um and if i was to use an analogy with like a workers union they advocate for the safety of workers right so the union like the uqu um, like from my perspective and from this perspective of Abe should not only advocate for, you know, this um, like student experience outside academics, but also for student safety. Yeah. Um, and so the student was worried about their safety rather exactly. than Exactly. He, he told us, he told us like a really confronting story about like what would happen to right. him if he, like his, if his name was on the ballot and yeah. someone like reported that mm. to like, cause he does have family back home right. um, in China. Um, and yeah, and then after he like explained that to us, um, we were like, "Wow, this like this is really scary, and a lot of students are affected mm-hmm. by this and can't have their word, um, have can't have a voice at yeah. at the uni." Like, it was just really really confronting and really sad for us. And so we, um, you know, brainstormed and we came to a um, a what's the word like an our policy idea. Yeah. where we, we toss between two different things. We toss between um, like perhaps implementing like another collective, but like um, like a like a Hong Kong student collective okay. to make it like a safe space for um, for them to you know come together, speak what they say, like um, that kind of stuff. Like kind of like yeah. how the other collectives work already. Right. Um, yeah. But then we were like, well, you know, um, there's not that. Um, anonymity there like they right. could be infiltrated yeah. like really easily unless there is some sort of like screening program kind of thing and then we were like maybe an alternative and this is what's on our flyers is perhaps um, um, implementing like a um, 
uh, services officer through mm. like through UQ or UQU, um, such that you know um, students can go to them, like an officer for um, political freedom. Yeah, and so yeah. students who have concerns right. about like um, about their safety on campus or about like that you know like that kind yeah. of stuff can speak to them, and it is completely anonymous. They, there's no fear for them to be right. um, like reported back. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's, that's yeah. That's an interesting policy. Um, has, have you had any pushback from Chinese students, for instance, on on, no. on these things? Um, that's actually been a policy that hasn't been um, spoken about by like um, like people who have confronted us about some policies, which they would like know more information about. Right. No one said anything about that. Yeah, interesting. Um, so tell me about the food trucks. Food trucks, yeah, yes. It's been a big topic that of has, conversation that has. the hacks. Yes, <laughs> very true. Um, so food trucks. Um, so, one of the major reasons, I guess, okay, one of the major reasons why we decided that why why we really wanted to push this, um, is, okay, there's two reasons. One, food outside of um, union complex hours. So, like after five p.m., yeah. the main course closes, um, and you know, like other other shops close as like the time goes on. Yeah. And um, students who do study outside of those hours, the food um, food is limited to what we can buy on campus, um, and also like the the closest shopping, like so, the closest food outlets would be, um, you know, Domino's up the road. Yeah. that has the chicken place too and then there's also in St. Lucia Village right. um, and it's just like you know I, we don't want to be walking at night time like yeah. upwards of a kilometre to go and get some food mm. when you know it's easy enough to um, like implement some sort of um, like scheme which benefits the union and also the students mm. um, for those who do um, eat outside of no, sorry who do study outside of um, you know those unions opening hours yeah. and then um, the second reason well, a second um, reason why we wanted to put that on um, and this is actually in response to some of the uh, the um, concerns people have with this policy um, so people who I guess this is like a generalization but um, considering that main course is the cheapest alternative on campus um, yeah. you know it's like same as physio um, you know they have um, the most affordable food for students right yeah. um, so students who typically would buy from those outlets would be the ones who um, want to buy the most like the most affordable food yeah. right um, so having food trucks on campus would essentially be competing against the other outlets who aren't union affiliated um, so like like Guzmani Gomez or um, like Kenko or the other like or Subway as well and also at Physio as well, um, the old Physio complex yeah. um, um, because those like the, the target audience for those ones would be students who are willing to pay the $15 for a meal right. and considering that food trucks are typically around $15 for a meal um, like our justification for putting those on is that it's again like a wider food option for those students who are willing to pay more yeah. and who aren't willing to go up to um like the St. Lucia village to go and like to go and get that alternative food yeah yeah so I guess the 5 a.m to 11 p.m mm. uh, oh yeah. Days a week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah um I guess yeah so the opening hours I mean that that's more so of a um up to the discretion of like the vendor right so it would be open like like the so 
um, what I was saying before about like um, implementing kind of like a licensing system, like right. agreements with the union. So the union, so although like um, like students wouldn't be like buying food from main course, just say because well mm. they would already be buying from like Guzmani Gomez, just say, yeah. um, you know they would still be benefiting and profiting from having the um, food trucks on campus by having like some licensing system. Yeah. Um, but. So from the 5 a.m. to 11 p.m. would be like a window for when like vendors can them, um, can choose to come in. Yeah. But like whether or not someone wants to come in at 5 a.m. is up to their own. Sure. Yeah. I think I guess from uh, from my perspective, there's mm. been times where we've been trying to tell the university that like, hey, you know, you're holding a bunch of events where the, you're bringing these food trucks on. Like, sure. You're competing with us. What's the deal? Yeah. And like their response is some like often along the lines of we might give you 5% of the revenue if you're fucking lucky. Sort of oh, really? Yeah. yeah. So it's like, uh, what kind of feasibility do you think like there is here? Like, yeah, um, I mean, I, I think, well, for this too, obviously for this to happen, there needs to be some sort of like licensing deal mm-hmm. that can happen. So, I mean, like negotiations with the university, if yeah. this was to be like a potential thing to be supported, mm-hmm. um, uh, like trying to like find like a like like you said like the uni can like um, go back and forth with whatever they agree like whatever yeah. they want the union to have right yeah. but there needs to be like a set amount that everyone agrees on because yeah. obviously it is union property so sorry uni po- property yeah. so they do need to get an income as well yeah. need but um, like the because it is it would be like a union event they should also get like a like a profit of that as well yeah. so I think um, like there would have to be some sort of like set amount which um, the union would profit from that yeah. Um, I think that would be like a pretty good alter- like a good way to implement that one. Yeah. Yeah. So this has been like a a, a pretty contentious like mm. to- like topic on the yeah. Ground, right. Yeah. Uh, has it caused you to reconsider the policy at all? Like what happens when this is? No, not at all. Actually, this is um we I think I think what it's caused is um for us to. So we, we've always like had these opinions, but it's more so um, for us to sort of collate them together into like one big pool mm. so we have them um so we all are on not like so we all like have them kind of thing like um yeah. like everyone was on the same page but it's kind of like it was never like oh i don't know how to say it properly like like it's been it, it's more clear now kind of thing you know what i mean mm. i don't know yeah um Putting them all in one, just like lets you sort of see it on paper. Yeah, exactly that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like a, it's it's right there. Everyone can see it, and that's what everyone has all agreed on. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so let's uh, jump back to the top of your flyer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Club of Society's reform. Yes. Uh, I think for the benefit of the podcast, I don't, I'm not going to get into like the uh, allegations and stuff of. Oh, no, uh, it's fine. Yeah. So. But um, one of the ones that you do have is fairer club grants for yes. unaffiliated club societies. What, yes. Like, what are you? What are we talking about here? Oh yeah, awesome. Um, so uh, that one is something that um, Sabah, who's um, like I said, second on the ticket, is super passionate about, and something that he, um, his club has been kind of victim of over the past few years, um, whether in a good way or a bad way. Um, so we've been speaking to a few different clubs over the past few weeks and it's come to the consensus that there can be two different clubs, right? Have similar member numbers yeah. and the grant money that they get is completely different. 
Okay. Um, we've spoken to, um, oh, I won't name clubs, but um, like a, a certain club who got like a five hundred dollar grant, and then an, and then like another club that's gotten like three hundred and fifty kind of thing, yeah. and like with comparable member numbers, and yeah. it's just like. Like, there's no fairness there. And another thing with, like, this whole fairness thing is um, there's no, like, transparency of what the grant distribution is. Like, I can look go on the Union website and, like, and I can't find any documents as right. to where, like, how this money is divided. Yeah. Which would be really good to see, you know, in paper, you know, the fa- like, we want to know the fairness. We want right. to know how these sure. club distribution, um, how the decisions are made because yeah. it just seems like... Um, yeah, it's just unfair. Yeah. So you specifically mentioned unaffiliated clubs and societies. What is that? What do you mean by unaffiliated there? Oh, okay. Um, so that one is to do with um, clubs and societies that um, aren't under like a big umbrella, kind of mm. like you know, like SAS and um, EUS. Oh, okay, right, right. Yeah. yeah so yeah. them affiliate, like the big affiliate yeah, um, yeah. ones. That's what I mean by unaffiliated. Okay, right. But I, we have expanded on that, and we. Um, that was actually a really good um, thing that I think you and a few other people did bring up to us that was a bit confusing. Yeah. Um, and we have since um, changed our flyers to just say fairer distribution of money to right. be more clear. Okay. But what we meant by that is um, like small faculty clubs and hobby clubs who aren't affiliated right. with a big umbrella um, is what we want. Like, like those are the like those are the clubs that are usually like become victim to yeah. this like distribution yeah, yeah. for sure um, yeah as a, a proud member of the debating society I can uh, awesome. assure you that yeah it would be great to have some more funding for that exactly program. that's exactly right mm-hmm. yeah um, so voting app for students yes what are we talking about here okay so this one is a good one I like this one this is actually my idea uh huh so um from my understanding and from my experience as a normal student up until like recently getting into Stupol, um, I have found that my student voice, I, I don't have one. Um, I, the, I've n- not found any um, opportunities to tell the union what I want in my, in my, for my student union and what I want to be advocated. Mm. Um, and I don't think that's good enough. Um, like these um, yearly elections are, you know, that I've seen and what the rest of the people in our party has seen is the only way for students to actually tell the union what they want and that's right. just based off the ticket that they vote for, sure. right? Yeah. Yeah. And so um, the purpose of vote, like a voting app for students is for the, re- the representatives of the union and um, like maybe other student representatives as well, like throughout the uni, different faculty representatives, etc., cetera, um, to put forward things that students have um, maybe have concerns about mm. and then students to vote on them um yeah. to vote for what they think is most important to them what they want the union to advocate for to the uni and also to like implement institutional changes within themselves yeah um which like students again find really important yeah yeah so um i'll play a little de- devil's advocate just awesome. for a second thing. sounds good um so i guess one of the things that the mission of a student union is to do is to provide an opportunity for young people to have a, have the experience of being a, a politician sure. essentially mm-hmm. um, and, and it seems that this is, is very different to what it is actually like to be a politician mm-hmm. um, what do you think is that a trade-off that you're willing to make I think? so um, are you saying like the voting app would be different to what uh, like a real politician would have to do is yes. that your question yeah. okay um, 
I think that's a good thing. I mean, I don't think the union should be um, built off like a, a training ground for politicians. You know, um, I think the the union, well, like, like I said before, the union's main purpose is to protect well, the safety of students and also to advocate for like a, like um, student experience outside of academics. Mm-hmm. So why should the representatives, um, you know, want to pretend to be mm-hmm. in the government when their main job is to advocate for student interests? So one of the uh, thought experiments that I often run is, that, okay. is to imagine that it's a, a big engineering project where you're building a building mm-hmm. uh, and that, you know, there's cranes everywhere and like anybody can ask like, in theory, have a go and like sure. uh, and, and be a part of this. Uh, would it be sensible for people to resent people for being student engineers who are just trying to get a make a name for themselves uh, as an engineer? Oh yeah, I understand what you mean. Yeah. Um, no, I I don't think it would be reasonable to resent someone for that. Yeah. But I think um, for the union I think it's different like like I said like I don't think the unions may like I don't think a purpose of the union should be to practice for um, government like it's like I'm like just say like just like for academic board right yeah. um, like like your job is to represent the um the educational yeah. like concerns of students and you have that that's your only job there like yeah. you're not practicing for anything and that's what should be in the uni the right. union sorry like yeah. you shouldn't be pra- like your main interest should be the student interests hmm. and so why why shouldn't students have a say in what the what the union does yeah yeah, yeah. um and then uh, yeah so finally uh services and media one of the interesting ones is better training for UQ staff yeah what do you mean by that okay so that one um was probably more to do with the phone call that I mentioned at the start that Maya had um like talking to the uni and the union um and it's more so to do with just like a better coordination between the two bodies I mean like the union is like like I said like the body that represents the students and the uni is the one that like provides the education and there needs to be more of like a collaboration and like better training in terms of like um like like I said like the services provided um so like you know student calls up has a concern oh I know exactly where I'm going to put you on to and then does it kind of thing right yeah yeah I think yeah so I think one of the things that uh often comes up when people talk about integrating the union with, yep. the, you know, with the university is that there's just such a massive power imbalance that like allowing us to be even slightly integrated mm. could, could easily mean that the university sort of takes over. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. I think it's more of like an administrative kind of um, like collaboration mm. rather right. than like the two different bodies coming, yeah. you know what I mean? So just, yeah, yeah. creating that network. So exactly, that's yeah. exactly right, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Um, okay, so... Um, as you are probably well aware, um, Empower has been pushed below the line uh, mm-hmm. due to a decision of the Electoral Tribunal this year. Yes. Um, how do you feel about this decision? Um, I think if... Okay, so about the decision itself, if it was against the Electoral Code, that's fine. Like, that that's the rules. Mm-hmm. But my own personal opinion would be that I think it's it's disappointing that they weren't able to um, campaign as a party. Um, like... I guess like it just I get it does make it harder for this whole like you know like like democracy right it makes it harder yeah. for students to be able to um like I guess like 
consider the parties equally because mm. they do have to have that extra step of like how to vote kind of thing right. and their whole campaigning strategy is um you know the whole below the line thing i just think it's like yeah. if it's against the rules like you know that that's a decision it's made yeah. um you know it was against the rules and it's really unfortunate that it happened but i don't think it's like i think it's really unfortunate that it did happen because of democracy yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. um and then um, so, like, what other parties do you think people should take note of on the council ballot apart from a better experience? Have you guys got a preference to deal with anyone, how to vote, etc.? Um, I, I'm not commenting on that one right now. Okay. Awesome. Right. Um, uh, okay. So, so, by all accounts, this year has been a rather low energy campaign. Yeah. Um, how would you describe the mood from, like, the perspective of a better experience campaigning? <laughs> Um, the mood from people, I guess, like, so just, like, the students that we talked to, um, has been quite disinterested. Mm. Um, we've spoken to a lot of students, um, over the past few, well, last week and this week. Um, a lot of students don't care. A lot of students have no idea what the union is. Mm. A, student, a lot of students have no idea what's happening. Yeah. Um, and it only takes like for us to explain if they're willing to listen to even consider voting which right. is um you know pretty sad considering the union does have like play a really yeah, large role with the sure, uni yeah, yeah. um but and then in terms of other campaigners it's been pretty aggressive yeah. <laughs> not something we expected Talk, tell me about the other campaigners the other campaigners um oh we've had people confront us we've had people like other like campaigners call us names mm. um just very aggressive like i'm a, like i really value respect and mm. you know just to have someone come up to me and like accuse me of breaking a rule mm. or without even an introduction yeah, huh oh no no, no. <laughs> i already knew you rowan <laughs> but like um like without even an introduction and right. just come off as just super aggressive it just doesn't seem like much of a team player it doesn't mm. seem like not very like not very sportsmanship much at all like it was just really confronting that people are so um i guess like the main the main uh, like the main idea that we get from a lot of the other teams is that they seem a bit threatened by us. Okay. That's like that's what the aggression kind of seems like to us. Yeah. Um, we had a tough with another campaign member yesterday where um, they would just you know keep going, calling us names, you know, mm-hmm. um, saying stuff about the policies which is fine to disagree with but being disrespectful is is just like shouldn't be on it is yeah and um you know one of our campaigners was like why are you guys even threatened by us we're not even like we're going for council not like not executive and they've not said anything to us today yeah so (laughs) yeah it is very interesting yeah yeah yeah. um cool anything else you want to plug um both abe besides that (laughs) Wonderful. Awesome. Thanks for your time, Gemma. And have a lovely rest of your campaign week. Thank you very much, everyone. Bye. All right, welcome back. We've just heard from Gemma Benzi, uh, and we're back again with, uh, with you. I'm Rowan, <laughs> Maddie, and Sam. <laughs> 
so guys, what do we think about a better experience after hearing from Gemma? I think good intentions, uh, execution, maybe something to be wanted. Yeah. Maddie, thoughts? Yeah. Um, good. I like that they are actually independent. Mm-hmm. Um, however, as, as Sam said, good intentions, but probably misguided in terms of not knowing yeah. too much about governance. And also... They, like when Sam and I were talking to them, they did sort of, um, you know, bring up a couple of examples like the one we mentioned um, that they hadn't really done their due diligence in actually sort of investigating and sort of, you know, fact-checking. So right. there was one that, that you know about, the Semper, um, the Splendor, Splendor tickets. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, and they, they use that as an example yeah. of misuse of union funds. So basically they'd fallen for a shit sheet. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that quick recap out. of what that was. Uh, so in 2016, I think uh, the opposition ticket uh, sent out a, sprit- a shit sheet, uh, which, if you're not aware, is a, one of these defamatory instruments wherein people tell lies yep. that can otherwise not be told on the campaign trail. Yep. But if you get somebody who's tangentially related to your party to a, like anonymously distribute pieces of paper in a lecture theater when no one's watching. Yeah. yeah. So uh, somebody's done this and, and it was along the lines of some the Semper editor at the time, who was not me, had <laughs> gone to Splendor in the Grass uh, and posted on Facebook that like their work had sent them there along those lines. Yeah. Uh, obviously that sounds bad, but actually what that means is that like Splendor in the Grass had given them free tickets yeah. because they work at a, a journalistic outfit. Yeah. Uh, which is totally fine. Yeah, that happens. Pretty normal. <laughs> that happens all the fucking time. Yeah, uh, giving access to journalists. Yeah, and so the you know the shit sheet made it sound as though this person had stolen money from the union to, to go there, or that the union had like inappropriately paid for it. Yeah. Um, it's, and, and so and so yeah, that was actually a big part of their um, sort of campaign for clubs and societies reform. Yeah. It's sort of it's sort of um, yeah battling misuse of funds, which like yeah. is a valid. Um, which fund, is true. Um, yeah, yeah policy sure. to be campaigning yeah. for but you need to actually yeah. do your due diligence yeah. for fact checking such a big deal at the yeah. time as well it yeah. was like that it was blatantly false and yeah. for them to just sort of fall for it yeah it's yeah. kind of sad yeah. Uh, but yeah so I think in my opinion this is like a better experience in theory is, is what student politics should be like yes but they they have to win that position in an imperfect system so what do you mean should be like like, I particularly enjoy uh, Gemma's story about how, like, you know, her and a bunch of friends decided there are a couple of things wrong with the union. They decided yeah. to get together and put down some policies on paper, and then they ended up being a party. Yep. <laughs> and that sounds like the kind of, you true know, just grassroots, grassroots yep. <laughs> that, that people should be doing and, and, no, that's true. and yeah. building up. Yeah. It sounds, maybe it's not quite the tree of knowledge in um, fucking Black Holden or whatever it is. It's um, almost like, it's almost like um, student action white. <laughs> You know, True. they have yeah. things that they care about and, you know, yeah. they felt like bring they in student politics. To, yeah. yeah. But on, like, sort of, you know, a more global issue scale. Mm, anyway. Sure. Yeah. Like, you could do that as an individual in one of the major parties, though. Yeah. Uh, to what? Just, like, have a few issues then, like, try to get yourself yeah. on one of the major tickets. Yeah, for sure. Which is kind of what I do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Subsequently yeah. ending up on both. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's true to an extent but they're like if you are just totally rogue and decide that like oh you want a voting app that's not necessarily something that the the, the major parties would go for yeah so one of the things i absolutely love about a better experience hmm. uh, is their approach to policy yeah right so 
when you are listening to this interview with Gemma, she's talking about how they got together. Like the process took a number of months. They outlined a number of issues that they had, yeah. you know, from personal experiences, and they were really trying to find ways to solve it. Uh, they were like throw, apparently like brainstorming, and like it yeah. sounds like they've had a number of iterations yeah. of how they want to. I guess, like how they want their policies to actually eventually take form. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I think, so the reality though is that they don't have that much experience in the union or in like, I guess, uh, similar types of institutions. So their policies maybe are not particularly the best and maybe need to be a bit more nuanced. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I think that process of deciding that they wanted to be a policy centric ticket yeah. uh, is extremely important, which I think yeah. is not reflected in literally any of the other parties. Well, yeah, I think that's true. But I think that like just being policy centric doesn't make you a good. You know, I don't think that in and, in and of itself is a good quality. Like, no. policies themselves have to be like decent. Yeah, and I think like for me coming up through student politics, the way that I came up through it was that I was kind of a rogue element, and but I didn't create my own party so much as just join up with uh, Team Rocket, which has you know long time stalwart of student politics. Yeah. Uh, Tinker Ray as its as its leader, yeah, uh, and in that in that sense, he's quite well versed in like what is going on student, in in student politics. Yeah, regularly attended council meetings, uh, and could tell you off the off off his hand like what the issues are within the union quite quite eloquently. Um, and I think that leads itself to quite good policy that is quite con- thoughtful and considered. Yeah, but yep. they don't seem to have that same institutional backing. Yes, I I yeah. agree. Mm. Like I think if they had maybe like just one or two people. Uh, mm-hmm. With that insider knowledge, they could have really honed it down yeah. and yeah. come up with some like really like novel yeah. and powerful ideas like this. Yeah, yeah. lack of experience um, as a team can be like a blessing and a curse, but I feel like in the end you do need to have a couple of kind of seasoned operators in yeah. there at some point to sort of balance out like, you know, the kind of, I wouldn't call it blind ambition, yeah. but you know, it's, there, there are policies here that just won't yeah. be able to take place and sort of having yeah. someone there to kind of, yeah as, yeah, as I say, balance that out is important. I think even just going to council is a good idea. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, that, that helps I don't think people know that they can just rock up. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, like I literally problems. asked that this yeah. afternoon. I was like, can I just rock up to council tonight? And apparently that was yes. a yes. So yeah, I, yeah. alas, I can rock up to yeah. council. <laughs> you can even move motions as just a regular student. Yeah, don't. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's a great position. Yeah. And like yeah. and people do like do that uh, yeah. and get like relatively mixed results. Yeah. But it's like a very important putting things on the union's agenda. Yeah. Uh, and you'll find that like most of the counselors are usually quite open like yeah. they are really happy when regular students come up and like say like oh I had this particular problem like yeah. maybe my club's being untreated unfairly yeah, yeah. and they go to council and council is like quite open they, mm, they're looking for, sure. for things to solve yeah yeah, yeah. council just has a certain kind of magic to it as well it's like <laughs> one of the few meetings where you sort of sit in there and like feel like something here is really going on here yeah yeah this uh, is how like politics yeah. works or student politics yeah. works and it's not just like a regular committee meeting that's like boring and stuffy it's like wow fuck, i can really sum this up <laughs> yeah so something i wanted to compare like ab's uh policy strategy versus the i guess the mainstream parties mm. so i guess for a real and empower uh, I know that like they're actually not very policy centric. Mm. Uh, when you talk to them, like realistically, policies are more of just like a thing you have to put on a flyer, mm. right? They're not really trying to get elected because they have some kind of like set list of problems that they want to fix or solve. Yeah, uh, they're more trying to just like pitch a brand, and they do that by having campaigners on the ground, right. uh, by talking to and interacting with people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that is yeah that is almost certainly the case. Like I think. Uh, 
yeah, from from having been involved in like in, in focus, it, it does seem as though like there is just this kind of machine that sort of pumps out the policies, yeah. and that like you know you'll turn yeah. up to a conference one night. Uh, and yeah. they just sort of like pitch a bunch of ideas. There's a big slideshow, and like some ideas get put on the slideshow, others get like. Yeah. So um. So so we, so how they usually come up with policies is they have policy nights. Yeah. Or they get a lot of the people who are part of the team or the the party yeah. to turn up, and they, as you said, pitch ideas, and then people can kind of like put their hands up and discuss it. Yeah. And they get added to like the PowerPoint, and then eventually like the. Yeah. final campaign leadership team yeah. like filters out a few good ones to put on the flyers and whatnot yeah 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 and then like yeah I mean like in 2018 there was like 20 or 30 people at the policy night it was pretty impressive okay. uh, but yeah I think in comparison ABE seems and, and the reason I think that they do that is so that everybody feels as though they had like a little uh, a part in uh, a part yeah. to play yeah. it's kind of like Little League everybody gets a fucking touch on the ball <laughs> yeah but, but I think like, in reality like but, very few people are involved in yeah, 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 but they still feel like that, and I that's see. like such an important instrument of how the, the major parties work, and that they try to make you feel a part of it, and like yeah. tribalistic and that kind of thing. But like realistically, that's more Worst. just like about feeding in the machine <laughs> than it is about creating like thoughtful policy. For sure, yeah. and then but then comparatively, ABE already has that that because they're all friends, they yeah, all know I each see. other and that kind of thing. So actually, the policies just come from a place of like this is just what we want to do, not like yeah. how do we make everyone feel important. It's very pure. Yeah, I like for it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And in, in an ideal world, I think that is how the major parties would operate as well. But yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, wait, so I think that the way that Abe already has this priority mm. uh, will be helpful for them moving forward. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think also that they end up going a little too far in some instances. Like, wait, I don't yes. think that a major party can put on the ballot, on, on their, their flyer, that like they will pressure UQ to remove the Confucius Institute. I think that may be just like one of those things that like, if they were asked by somebody, will you remove the Confucius Institute? They would say yes. <laughs> yes. They would be like yes or no or whatever, depending yeah. on whether the person uh, looks Chinese or not. <laughs> yeah, I think. I think it's. I think it's important to be brave on these issues. Yeah, um, certainly. Yeah, but yeah, I can see how like a major party trying to hedge their risk and knowing that they need international votes may not be so bold. Right. For sure. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and yeah voting out for students things like that I just yeah uh, it happens across the board I don't think like I don't think these are policies that the major parties would go for ever here's a question why is it that we don't have online voting the same way that you do for academic board or senate well online voting is inherently bad like online voting is insecure there's no way to actually do online voting in a secure way you, there are plenty more secure methods to do paper ballots uh, so Even like for academic board, it's good enough, but not for a student union election. I mean, after like with in the geopolitical environment that we find ourselves in, I actually don't think that the Senate race should be done online. No. Okay. Yep. Like when there is significant cyber crime being done against Australian universities. Yeah, actually, that's a good yeah. point. I don't think that there should be an online. Uh, and vote. especially because, uh, I mean. I dare say that, like, Drew as a candidate was, like, extremely controversial, especially yeah. to, especially in the eyes of Chinese international students. Yeah. Um, and, like, we know, well, <laughs> I mean, people would debate me on this, Chinese mm. students especially, that um, China especially has perpetrated a lot of cybercrime against Australian universities, notably ANU, mm. had a massive um, compromise oh, yeah. that was, was allegedly... So, <laughs> there was a state actor. There was a state actor. Yes. It was said to be China. Um, yeah. They Some have denied it. But yes, yes. Uh, I think ASIO 
Like, anyway. I don't know anyway. If but yeah. No, they did. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Okay. All right, let's move on. Uh, so uh, I think the thing here is that the, my, the way I see this is that it's kind of proof that the hacks are important. I don't know how other people feel about that. Uh, but it, it seems are, to me no. that you need that firm hand on the tiller. I've, I've um, believed in that. Mm. I, I think um, it's uh, maybe it's just the way the cookie crumbles. Maybe it's how it's just kind of ended up um, mm. over years of student politics. Um, what, what you know, for better or for worse, we do need some hacks. Yeah. So, so I disagree. I think that uh, the reason why there are hacks are because they have institutional knowledge right right like if you were able to put together a group of like people with institutional knowledge that like were not politically aligned they would be i think around as effective as hacks as like pulling off a successful election campaign maybe not quite as much um in terms of like the connections of finding people who are willing to campaign i think as you were saying like you've said like many times previously like it's really easy to find people who are interested in student politics out of the group of people who are interested in politics. Right, yeah. Right, And I think it's only natural for people who are interested in politics to be interested yeah. in this too. Well, the thing here is, though, that, that Gemma Benzi has never been to a council meeting, right? And I think yes. that most of a better experience, like their whole platform would be better if they turned up to council. Uh-huh. And, yes. like, and this is true for every opposition ticket. If you want to run an opposition ticket, you need to turn up to council. Yeah. And that is the thing that, I think that is the thing that Momentum dropped the ball on last year. And I think it's the thing that a better experience is not doing here. Yes. Is that they have they don't have the institutional knowledge that you gain from just going to council. Yeah, yeah I, I completely agree. I think when we were running in our first year of focus, yeah. like part of what helped was like having someone like Zach Thomas yeah. who'd been on council for two years and he knew every mistake that the incumbents had ever made. Yeah. Uh, and he knew how to like push on those things and argue about them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and these ideas about like that I guess Abe is having right now. Yeah. Uh like in council you could have like already debated them like tried to like hold them to account right. but no they were corrupt exactly. they tried to cover it up yeah. uh, and that's exactly what Zach was able to talk about yeah and it makes your policies that much better when you actually know for sure that this is something that they won't just take from you because if yeah. you put something onto onto up in council and try to move a motion to you know kick somebody out of clubs and societies yes and the, the union is like nah how about no yeah uh, then you know for sure that they're not going to come out and have exactly the same policy as you. Mm-hmm. And you yeah. can say, like, this is something that they said they would they would not do. We should take it to an election now. Um, like, honestly, even if they just, like, met up with any of the councillors who are, like, more yeah. rogue, like a rocket person, yeah. and got them to, like, tell them about good policy ideas and, like, like their positions on the, on the union, they would have been so much better off. Yeah. And um, as I've as I said, like I, I think that this proof that the hacks are important because it's rare for somebody who is not a hack to go to council. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but like I, I commend them. But like yeah. people who are not hacks can get on council and like mm-hmm. are on council, right? Yeah. Um, they're they're pretty rare, and those who do are backed by hacks. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think so. Then, but then the problem also here is that like, even if they were to win all of their councillors onto council, they still only have seven people nominated, right? I think that's still significant. That may be significant, but that's less than a third. Well, I mean, that is, a, yeah, less than a third. But I think council. the point, though, at the moment is to build institutional knowledge. Right. I'm not Absolutely. sure if they, like, quite understand it themselves. Right. Uh, but, like, spending a year having to attend council meetings and mm. being in the opposition uh, will put them in a good position to understand Definitely. what they can do next yep. year. Yeah. But then, so... The other thing there is that, like, when you're in power and you decide that you want to uh, run a campaign, you 
have about 10 first years who are like new to the labor club and are just going to turn out to vote for you to, to nominate to, to campaign for, yeah to yeah. campaign for you and then you can put them at the bottom of your council ticket as well yeah right? and then uh, abe by virtue of just being a bunch of third year physics students don't necessarily have those links with a bunch of first years yeah. and so like they could naturally have put another 10 first years at the bottom of their council ballot if they had if they had those connections i see right uh, yeah. And then those people could have, like, the following year tried and, like, ta- yeah. taken over the reins. Absolutely. Whereas, like, the people who are running it this year will probably just graduate. Yes. Yeah. So it's kind of a flash in the pan kind of moment. Yeah. They'll, like, you're, you're probably right. Like, I've, yeah. I reckon the odds of them running again next year will be, like, below 20%. Interesting. Yeah. I'd like to hear what Gemma has to say about that. So. Well, like, will she be around next year? Don't know. Yeah. Like, I think it's just the reality, like, of... I think once you're a fourth year student, it's a pretty good chance that you'll be a fifth year student. Fifth or sixth year. Well, isn't education, what? wouldn't she be like finishing this year? Four years I is think. pretty long, isn't it? But like there it are four is. year degrees. There, there are, are five, degrees. six year degrees. Yeah, true. I'm in a she may be a double, she may, may be a dual degree. Maybe. Mm. Yeah. But I think education, anyway, besides yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, how I can reach you guys that, uh, that the hacks are important? No, I was convinced. I was convinced already. I still think, I think hacks are only. Im- I think like, okay, maybe in like the in terms of continuity, hacks are important. Yeah, uh, but in terms of like running the union well, critiquing it well, and mm. understanding the organization and making it better. Yeah, I don't think they're they're that important. Okay, you just need a strong club or a strong like group of people that like people get inducted into every year. Yeah. 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 Right. Do you guys have anything more to discuss about Gemma? Um, no, I don't. Well, I mean, did we talk about the food trucks and oh, the food trucks? The food trucks. Yeah. Like uh, a thousand food trucks. Like a thousand food trucks. As the, as the core flutes do say. Yeah. Food yeah. truck stuff. I don't know. It doesn't convince me. No. I've never felt particularly like having food from a food truck. Uh, Almost ever. I think I have once. Yeah. Like, it, I, I think I was just desperate. There was rice paper rolls, and I was yeah, like, true. damn, I like rice paper rolls. Yeah. Um, and I think I've got to be in the mood for a food truck as well. Like, I've got to be yeah. down on food on fork and, like, got to have yeah. some. What, you guys are, like, like, overthinking this. What do you mean? Do you like, mean? oh, like, would I feel like I'm into food okay, trucks no, that for, day? B- besides, like, feelings, I don't think that matters. Feelings aside, uh, wanting to run food trucks is entirely, like, contradictory to wanting to run, like, run a student union. Yeah, I think what we really like, need is... In terms of funding. I think what we really need is dark kitchens in the union. Sorry, say that again? We need dark kitchens. What's that? A dark kitchen is where you just have, like, a kitchen that is only available over Uber Eats and not available with, like, a front counter or anything. Oh, okay. So, instead of, like, trying to tender for new fucking outlets everywhere, we just put a couple of kitchens in, in the Chanel building, in the, um, in the conference center. Okay. And then we just cook food all the time, and people can like order food on an app, and we just like walk people like walk their food. Okay, I like this idea has been raised in the union. I remember like someone pitching it at the time. Yeah, like what was that? Like last year. Um, I just can't remember. Like maybe just would it work? Uh, I don't know. Like I, I don't think students are like that lazy. Are you sure? As in, like, okay, so the question is, like, would a student pay, like, how much extra would a student pay to have their coffee delivered to their desk in the library? How much would you pay if you were, like, in in, in the lab and, like, wanted to get some food? 
brought to you? Well, most of the time, like for me, it's more along the lines of like I've been sitting down for like 10 hours hmm. or like maybe not 10 hours, but like five hours. Yeah. And like I want to get out and that's my excuse to get food. <laughs> but like... Oh, Surely people would still pay for it though. I think they would. You're sitting there, you're watching your software compile or something. Like a, yeah, no, that's true. If I was that desperate, like... I would probably pay an extra $3 to have my coffee delivered to me. I would literally yeah. pay 50% of the worth, worth yeah. of the coffee. I mean, you're just walking. Right? I, so I you, you don't have to pay yeah. for fuel. I think yeah. it's a good idea to be floated. Yeah. I just, I can't remember why we didn't like go full steam ahead on the idea. Yeah. But it has been floated before. But, but yeah, AB's um, campaigning for increased food trucks between 5 and 11, as we discussed with Gemma. But, you know, as you raised there is an issue of food trucks being a competitor. Mm. But I think it's With fundamentally a good idea to have food from 5 to 11. Like, there are so is many Is it, times... like, on a Sunday? Oh, yeah. Like, so one of the reasons that the union can't do it at the moment is that, like, the wages, right? So yeah. you, the union pays way higher wages than, like, Merlot, for instance. And, like, Merlot is able to open on a Sunday and the union is not because if we try to compete... Essentially, the, a lot of the union employees are paid a lot more they paid more uh, then, generously than Merlo. Than like all their competitors on campus. Yeah. Which means we can't open on Sundays. Yeah, or it just becomes more expensive camp. to yeah. open like after a certain amount of, like after a certain time in the evening or on yeah. the weekends. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and like I've, like I know this year, like I'll, I'll always stay quite late uh, and I will have made lots of active decisions about like when to do work yeah. based on knowing that the food stores are still open and mm. whatnot. It would, it would have been helpful. Yeah. If there were more options open later and, and earlier. Yeah. Uh, and Matt, on the weekends. Maddie, would you go to a food trucks if they were actually a feasible suggestion? Maybe. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of like content with the options that are here. I know a lot of people aren't. Mm. But like, you know, they, they do present good options when they come, but I don't think they're like often feasible on a student budget yeah. you know like not a lot of people ask me to yeah. DYG for the cost factor but like you know at a food truck you probably end up paying about you know 13 14 dollars for a decent meal yeah so yeah probably I, probably not I'd absolutely go yeah I, I, uh, but like obviously I go very infrequently because of the price yeah uh, but there are times where I'd be here late and I would mm. absolutely love having more options yeah. yeah I'd just like more fridges on campus I think that's the thing that people really need People need to be also, empowered to like just like bring their food from home. Less people stealing things out of fridges. 100%. <laughs> Maybe personalized like padlocks and stuff. Yeah. So, Sam, what podcast platforms are we on? Uh, we are now on Anchor, Pocket Cast, Spotify, Breaker, Google Podcasts, and Radio Public. Wonderful. So, uh, listen to us on Spotify, tell your friends, listen to us on any of those platforms, really. Uh, maybe share our, po- our Facebook post about the, the podcast. Um, think, can you give us a review on any of those? Yeah, Surely. You can find a way to review us. Give us a great review. Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah, other than that, have a lovely week. Try to avoid those campaigners as much as you can. Yeah, and spend it's your fine. $5 wisely. Yep. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Have a lovely week, guys. <laughs>